You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, and we are discussing the 2019 Tony Awards. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? This is Maggie Barra here, and welcome to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for joining us. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every Monday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic, or join the Facebook group, The Actor Aesthetic Tribe. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Well, you guys, it's the day after the Tony Awards as of recording this, the 73rd annual Tony Awards to be exact, and I would love to talk about them because I have so many things to say. I think all around it was an incredible night filled with star-studded performances and really beautiful art. But of course, as always, before we dive into today's topic, I want to give a shout out to this week's review of the week, and this comes from Dance Laugh Love. They say, Maggie Barra is a true professional. The podcasts are very clear, helpful, and tasteful, worth listening to if you are new to the business, and also if you've been around for a while. She has a lot of great tips. Thank you for your help, and way to go, Maggie. I really appreciate that, and I continue to appreciate every single one of your reviews of the podcast. It does the podcast so much good, and it helps me continue to create great content for you guys for free. Okay, the moment you've been waiting for, let's talk about the 2019 Tony Awards. A closer look into what happened, basically, Town led the pack with eight total wins, including Best Musical. This year's Best Play winner, The Ferryman, trailed with four wins. And then beyond those two big winners, the Tony Awards saw a fair distribution of awards, with 10 other shows taking home trophies. Four of those productions, including The Share Show, Tootsie, Inc., and the Oklahoma Revival, won two awards each. The ceremony was presented by James Corden, who last hosted the Tony Awards in 2016. Now, to quickly take you back to what actually was happening at that time in 2016, earlier that morning, actually, was the massacre of predominantly gay people of color at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. The Tony Awards that year in general were very moving, were very emotional, rightfully so, and that was also the year that Lin-Manuel Miranda declared love is love is love is love, and it was actually Miranda's and not James Corden's voice that evening that set the tone. In contrast, the 2019 Tony Awards were a lot more joyful and fun, and I definitely saw that shine through in James Corden's performance as the host of the Tony Awards. 
His opening number, which I thought was amazing, began with Corden sitting on a couch and was based on the idea that there really isn't that much good TV on nowadays before making like a muddled argument that theater is better than TV because it is actually live. The number itself definitely felt like a ripoff of the opening number that Neil Patrick Harris had from the 2013 Tony Awards. And I will say that I definitely miss him as a host for these awards, specifically because I just think his energy is brilliant and his ideas are brilliant. His delivery is brilliant. And I just want to see more of him in the theater community. James Corden did bring a theater geeky enthusiasm to the Tony Awards, but really when you think about it, thankfully the Tonys are way less about the host than the award recipients and the shows they represent. So let's first talk about the welcome and long overdue respect for playwrights that happened this Tony Awards season. Presenting the play nominees has always been the telecast's biggest challenge, and having the writers themselves this time take the stage to discuss the genesis and themes of their work felt particularly appropriate in such an uncommonly strong season for plays. It also helped that these speeches that the playwrights gave were very entertaining. First up was Jez Butterworth, who lovingly saluted his partner, Laura Donnelly, not only for inspiring the ferryman through her family's tragic story, but for giving birth to two children, two, while appearing in over 300 performances of the play between London and New York. And I will say, I was able to catch the ferryman during the end of the initial cast's run on Broadway, and Laura Donnelly gave one of the most breathtaking performances I have ever witnessed in a play. We also got to see Terrell Alvin McCraney trace the ties between queer black Americans and the healing power of spirituals going back all the way to the slavery era as explored in his play Choir Boy. And holy cow, was I blown away by that performance. Why do I feel that Choir Boy should have been considered a musical? Then we had the racial, gender, non-conforming theater artist Taylor Mack take the stage in a fabulous glittery getup exclaiming, Hello Queens, I wrote a play talking about Gary, a sequel to Titus Andronicus. And he said, quote, When mass shootings, immoral leadership, and an escalation of revenge are everywhere, how can you cope? Spoiler alert. I don't have the answer. I have an answer to that, and it's theater. Theater changes lives. Theater is the moving force of our generation. Theater can provide a form of escapism, and it can also provide a platform for continuing the conversation and discussing serious topics. I think more so than ever, Broadway is considering itself a place of inclusiveness. And during the Tony Awards, I really felt that to heart. The theme surfaced repeatedly with unspoken references to the current White House administration coming through loud and clear. 
take, for example, Sergio Trujillo, winner of Best Choreography for Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations. So during his speech, he recalled actually arriving in the U.S. over 30 years ago as an undocumented immigrant, an illegal immigrant. And he said this, I stand here as proof for all those dreamers, and I want you to hear me that the American dream is still alive. Going off that topic of inclusiveness, we also had the producer of Oklahoma, while she was accepting her Best Musical Revival Tony Award, she said this, Oklahoma reminds us that when we try to define who we are as a community by creating an outsider, it can end in tragedy. Think about that one for a second. Regardless of if you saw Oklahoma and you liked it or you didn't like it, you didn't like the reimagining version, you didn't like the concept, I don't care. Just take that into consideration. Then we had the 83-year-old author of The Boys in the Band, Mart Crowley. He accepted the Tony Award for Best Revival of a Play by referencing the landmark original 1968 production of the play, which basically is a chronicle of a birthday party attended by a group of pre-Stonewall gay New Yorkers. He literally dedicated the award to the nine brave men who did not listen to their agents when they said their careers would be finished if they did this play. Broadway has always been a welcome place for people of all walks of life, and that is what I love so much about it. And watching the Tony Awards just made me a little emotional because it proved that point. I mean, take Ali Stroker, who was nominated for a Tony Award for Best Supporting Actress in a Musical for Oklahoma. She was literally the first wheelchair user to win a performance award ever at the Tonys. And she said this, and this will stick with me for a very long time. She said, this award is for every kid who is watching tonight, who has a disability, who has a limitation or a challenge, who has been waiting to see themselves represented in this arena. You are. I'm getting goosebumps just reading that again and watching her accept that Tony live and looking into the camera dead on and addressing the people that she feels deserve respect and integrity and a place in the theater community. Wow. It was really, I mean, it was a really special moment. Okay, so let's discuss some of the big winners of the night. Obviously, Town coming in with eight awards, winning Best Musical, Best Original Score, Best Performance by an Actor in a Featured Role in a Musical for Andre DeShields, Best Scenic Design of a Musical, Best Lighting Design of a Musical, Best Sound Design of a Musical, Best Direction of a Musical by my girl Rachel Chavkin, who also directed Great Comet of 1812, and Best Orchestrations. It was highly anticipated that Hades Town was going to sweep the Tony Awards. I was not surprised at all by the number of wins. Basically, this production of Hades Town is based on the ancient Greek story of Orpheus and Eurydice. And the show, it has some really interesting music. It's like 
a mix between jazz, folk, indie, alternative. It's definitely unique, though I will say that the song, or at least the section of the song that they decided to do at the Tony Awards, did itself a little bit of a disservice, and I guess it's difficult to really represent a beautiful conceptual show in just a couple of minutes. I think that Great Comet also had a really hard time of representing itself well at the Tonys. I don't think that the song that they chose was very well received or anyone really understood what the heck was going on. And similarly with Town, you have this gigantic new musical and their Tony performance just didn't translate well. I'm not surprised. I know what the show is like in that theater, and I know that it's really difficult to replicate what actually happens in the theater on a very different stage and in front of a live TV audience. That being said, I'm completely obsessed with the musical, and I think it's truly sensational. Best Supporting Actor Andre DeShields from Town. he truly blew me away with his speech. It was really, really well done. He started it off by addressing his hometown of Baltimore, Maryland, and he basically left us with three cardinal rules of longevity. He says this, number one, surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. Two, slowly, is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. And three, the top of the mountain is the bottom of the next. So keep climbing. I think that that quote encompasses everything I speak about on this podcast in my blog. It was just so beautifully said, but I think the heart of it is that if you are in this career in the long run, you have to understand that it's not about success. It's not about the end game. It's about the journey and ultimately your happiness. And if you are doing this for all of the wrong reasons, if you are in this for the money or the fame then you are not going to get very far. And that is a fact. This theater industry is not for the faint of heart. It doesn't play favorites. And when it comes down to it, it's all about work ethic and being in the right place at the right time. And again, the only thing that you can control is your attitude and your perseverance. And Andre DeShields just really summed it up beautifully with those three cardinal rules. And again, staying on the topic of Town, another fantastic speech. It comes from Rachel Chafkin, who was the director of Town. And by the way, she was the only woman nominated in her category for Best Director of a Musical. She used her moment in the spotlight for good. She said this, My folks raised me with the understanding that life is a team sport, and so is walking out of hell. That's what is at the heart of this show. It's about whether you can keep faith when you are made to feel alone. It reminds us that that is how power structures try to maintain control. And then she went on to say, this is why I wish I wasn't the only woman directing a musical on Broadway this season. This is not a pipeline issue. It is a failure of imagination by a field whose job is to imagine the way the world could be. So let's do it. 
a really, really moving speech by Rachel Chapkin, a really important message that hopefully is received by the Broadway League as well as the rest of the world. But as always, we will continue to use art to fight and to persevere and to do good. Another fun highlight from the show was the Michael in the Bathroom parody. Now, Sarah Bareilles, James Corden, and Josh Groban all did a parody of the Be More Chill song and also a fan favorite musical song, Michael in the Bathroom, which is originally sung by George Salazar in the musical. This song is one of those Broadway songs that gets stuck in your head, and I know a lot of cult followers of the musical are obsessed with the song and just obsessed with the musical in general, but particularly this performance was amazing because the lyrics were so funny. The lyric changes were great, and I enjoyed seeing the appearance of last year's hosting duo, Sarah Bareilles and Josh Groban, and then also that little cameo by Neil Patrick Harris was quite funny. I enjoyed it very much. Moving on, I was also pleased that Stephanie J. Block won her first Tony Award finally on Broadway. She, which was really cool, she brought a childhood diary entry with her to the stage as she accepted the award for Best Leading Actress in a Musical. And when she went up there, she reminded the audience that that was not her speech that she wrote for a possible Tony win. Instead, it was a diary entry. And she said this, 30 years later, I would tell that little girl, it's nothing that you expected and everything you needed. And then she went on to address her daughter, which I thought was so beautiful. She said, Vivian, mama won a trophy, but like I always tell you, it's not about winning, little girl. It's about showing up, doing your best, loving all people, and finding joy along the way. I just want to say this. If you got anything from the Tony Awards, I hope that it was the beautiful messages that came out of those speeches. Really, really thoughtful and well done and moving. Overall, the stage was graced by many a thankful and respectful human being accepting an award. And they just... It was just so moving. It reminded me of why I love doing theater when I see people like that and I can see the heartache and the heartbreak and the successes and the failures all wrapped up in one little speech. I can see it. I can feel their gratitude and their struggles. And I just, I, being an actress in New York City and really knowing the struggle of getting up every day and going to an audition and getting beaten down and picking myself back up, like I know what they're going through and I just respect them so much. And I also really appreciate how humble these people are when they go up and accept an award because they know. They know what it was like. <laughs> so all in all, I thought the Tony Awards were a fantastic representation of musical theater. We had a Texas State graduate up on stage in the Beetlejuice performance, Johnny Brantley III, and that was really, really cool to see. We've had a couple of Texas State kids up on stage the past few years. Last year, we had Gianna Yanelli represent Texas State in the Mean Girls performance. And I don't know, I was just feeling a lot of really cool pride for my school last night. I thoroughly enjoyed the rest of the Tony performances. Alex Brightman gave a standout performance in Beetlejuice. What? His voice? Are you kidding me? How does he do this? I have no idea. And it's funny because he actually addressed 
all of the people that don't believe that he can do this eight times a week in his actual Tony performance. I love that. I love how Beetlejuice changes its lyrics depending on when and where it's performing. It also did that on the Today Show as well. They changed a couple of the lyrics. I thought that was genius. We also had Ain't Too Proud, which again, let me just say, I didn't think any of this musical beforehand. I haven't even seen it yet. And oh my gosh, the Tony Awards made me want to see it so badly. Everyone was so incredible and they were executing Sergio's choreography tremendously. I just like really have this overwhelming urge to go see it, which is hilarious because I literally could care less about it before that. I really don't, I'm sort of indifferent towards the Temptations, their music. I don't know. It just wasn't something that I grew up listening to, but wow, the Tonys really did what they intended to do, which was to get people to see these shows. Oklahoma's performance was a little strange and not my cup of tea, but I did appreciate Ali Stroker. I think that her rendition of I Can't Say No is so cool and so unique and so different. And I love that they included that in their little medley of songs. The Cher show was fine. It's basically what I expected it to be, though I have seen other songs that have translated better when done on their own. So I was confused as to why they chose that song. But regardless, I think Stephanie J. Block and Michaela Diamond and Teal Wicks, the three ladies who collectively play Cher, are amazing and do an incredible job at bringing Cher to life and doing her justice. I was secretly wishing that Cher would get up on stage and perform with them, but sadly that did not happen. And again, I love that choir boy performed. I'm sad that I missed it while I was on Broadway because that was a really moving performance. The men of choir boy showcased their very impressive choreography in a truly captivating performance of a gospel rendition of Rock in Jerusalem. They used choreography that was heavily influenced by Step. And I guess that just brings me to my final point, which is I love Broadway for what it is. I love how diverse it has become where we can have musicals like Kiss Me Kate, which by the way, holy crap, that Tony's performance, I was like wishing I had another 10 more minutes of the song, but I guess I'll just have to see the show for that. Anyway, yeah, to have something like Kiss Me Kate, a very true to the script Kiss Me Kate, And then in contrast, a rock conceptual musical like Hadestown. And then in contrast, a movie musical like Beetlejuice and a retelling of The Temptations. I really do like where Broadway is headed and I'm just excited to see what's next. So that was my little rant for the evening. If you enjoyed that, please rate, review and subscribe on iTunes or any listening app that you are currently tuning in on. You can also follow me at Actor Aesthetic or join our Facebook group, The Actor Aesthetic Tribe. Remember, all links are in the show notes. And again, if you are interested in purchasing my online course, Build Your Musical Theater Audition Book, you can use the very exclusive coupon code just for my podcast listeners. It's called podcast 40 Again, that's podcast 40. And if you click on the link in the description and you use that code, you are going to get $40 off of a truly awesome, if I do say so myself, course on building your audition book. Until then, it takes a village. I'll see you next week. <laughs>